Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 76. And before oh. we get into it, I don't know, I got it right, 76, <laughs> first time. But before we get into it, um, let me just remind you that if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, you might as well hop over to youtube.com forward slash camera shake, where you can not only hear our sultry voices, but see our lovely faces in full Technicolor as well. Now, we've got another brilliant guest on the show today. Um, it is none other than one of the greatest innovative minds in the photographic industry, um, the inventor of the platypod and the platyball. Give it up for Mr. Larry Tiefenbrunn. Larry, how are you today? Hi, Larry. Fine, thank you. How are you doing? Nice, and, and it's quite an honor to be on your, uh, on your show. You've had such uh, illustrious uh, guests in the past. I'm very humbled uh, to be here. Oh. <laughs> well, we're, we're very grateful uh, for you to, uh, to come on our show because, because, uh, because we had a, we, well, we had a fortunate run-in with, uh, with the platypod and the platyball. Yes, it's actually. true. Yeah. But, um, but before, well, before we tell you all about that, um, let me just ask you, because I know that you are, you're a very uh, well-versed uh, portrait uh, macro travel photographer and also a product photographer. Um, but you're also a pediatrician. Yes, that's How true. You... Um, but I became a photographer before I became a physician. I started photography yeah. in my uh, early teens, uh, basically self-taught, attended a few uh, courses as well. But uh, this has been my passion for I'm happy to say over 45 years. I'm just wondering how you how you combine all these things in, in a 24 hour day. Like, how's that even possible? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I don't walk in days. between things. I run. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Larry, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about actually. I tell you what, let's talk about the platypod to start with, because um, we came across the platypod um, for the first time when we were out in the wild with um with david with david williams and bigfoot oh, with yeah and bigfoot yeah. that was it was us dave and bigfoot apparently according to him yeah he, I, I i i don't buy it i think he's lying uh, look there were strange noises in the woods that's all i'm saying it might have been I, dave in costume he's been known <laughs> to do that with some very <laughs> yeah. large feet. and uh, for, for those of you who are you know who are following this um this podcast you know, if you recall, um, a few a few weeks ago, we went uh, we went to Wales um, to meet Dave in his van, and so the first thing I noticed was that he was he was making use of of your platypod um, by using it in the ceiling. It's got it's like screwed yeah, into the right. ceiling of his van, and uh, what it does is it allows him to be extremely flexible with lots of different things that he can screw in and you know hang off of the ceiling, cameras, GoPros, microphones, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, which which I found I found that stunning. It's such a good idea. Well, you know that Dave purchased that van, completely gutted it himself, and uh, completely built it out uh, from mm. just the plywood to begin with and everything. So he's got yes, he's got it all fitted out to get all kinds of different view. And you know, Platypod helps him uh, in that capability because we are able to take a camera and attach it to almost anything with tremendous support and tremendous strength. This is not a toy. This is a heavy duty piece of equipment uh, meant to hold many pounds of, uh, of camera equipment. We like to think of it as kind of a, a Swiss army knife for, uh, for photography. Yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a, one, of, one of the first things that, that I really felt was when I, when I got to hold the platypod and also the platyballs, how solid these things actually are. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they really are no toys. I mean, they're very heavy duty um, 
but it's far more solid than anything I own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, by a long stretch. But on, on our platypod, on the platypod Max, I was actually able to take a ball head and and put it off sideways, and we were able to hang uh, three hundred pounds off of that no. sideways without mm. being able to dislodge the bolt. Yeah. The bolt's made out of titanium, and it's welded right through our plate. It it really cannot be uh, dislodged. For those um, of our listeners who are listening to the podcast, um, let's just give them a a bit of a run through uh, and, and describe what the what the platypod actually is. All right, so I'll I'll go back to our to our story, which uh, uh, starts in Utah at uh, Bryce Canyon. Uh, my wife and I were uh, taking a, a hike about a thousand feet down into the canyon, with about three hundred meters or so down into the canyon, which was all fine. And I had my camera bag all set up, and I took a travel tripod with me that I had hung off, uh, slung off a belt. Uh, and we were taking, you know, pictures of ourselves, really nice pictures with tremendous depth of field, a little bit longer exposure with some of them. But then hiking back up from the canyon, that extra five or six pounds of that tripod was very, very difficult. So when I got home, I wanted to look for a tripod that could handle the weight that I could easily put on a rock or a tree or something like that and be able to still handle a nice, you know, 70 to 200 millimeter 2.8 uh, lens on a camera. What I had at the time was, I'm not going to name the brand, but one of the, you're all familiar with those tripods that kind of bend and twist. And well, the mm -hmm. problem is when you put them down, you have something heavy duty on them. After the first month or two of use, yes, it bends and twists as you're using it and, and falls right over. So I was looking for a flat tripod and I couldn't find one. I looked at the largest store in, in the United States, B&H Photo, and they must have had 250 to 300 different brands of compact tripods. They were all rated for under three to six pounds. And the mo most heavy duty of them would take up the space of a long telephoto lens, which as you and I know, you can't afford to waste space in your camera bag. Mm -hmm. Every every square centimeter, cubic centimeter is worth something. So that non-existent, I scratched out a design for a flat aluminum plate with a bolt in it. The bolt was originally supposed to be stainless steel. I can tell you something interesting about that, why we didn't <laughs> go with stainless steel. And I have a friend who is in the metals business. He actually contracts and uh, builds uh, automobile parts in factories throughout the world. I showed him this. He said it's a simple design. He thought it was a joke. He never thought it really would amount to much of anything. And we made the first platypod, which was a, just a very simple plate with uh, two bolts in it. We tried doing the stainless steel. And then when we tried to black anodize it, we found that the stainless steel melted in anodization oh. solution. Mm -hmm. You have to use a non-ferrous substance in it. So titanium uh, it was the uh, was the right material to go with. And that's why we have a titanium uh, bolt in there. And we came out with the platypod, which was able to handle just about any uh, tripod head out on the market. Because as you well know, almost every tripod head, professional tripod head certainly has the same three eighth inch, uh, 16 threads per inch socket in it. So it will go on our plate nicely with with just about any 
tripod head. And this really will handle just about any tripod head on the market. And one of the features of our Platypod Max, we have a, a box here that holds some spikes. And if you don't want the box there, say you have a tremendous head, some of the architectural uh, heads, I know the arc of the big $1,500 uh, cubic head will not fit on this. So you can just take this, twist it, pop it off, and now you'll fit any tripod head uh, on here. So that's our larger model. It's called the Platypod Max. It's the size of an iPad mini. And we have a smaller one called the Platypod Ultra. And this will handle smaller cameras with smaller lenses. By that, I mean any camera with a lens under 900 grams can go nicely on the, tra uh, on the Platypod Ultra, unless you're on soft sand or, um, or mud or soft grass, in which case I would go with the larger model because you don't want your equipment to mm. move over sideways. What gave you the initial idea for the design? Well, oh, very simple question and, and a very good question. Thank you. Is I wanted something that basically wouldn't take up much space in the camera bag. It wouldn't displace any other equipment. And going flat allowed you to do that. In fact, this one I can take and I can slip into my pant pocket with no problem. So it easily fits in the side pocket of a camera bag, or if you want to hang it off of a camera bag, uh, we have these little uh, carabiners that just let you take this and clip it off your backpack or your belt and just hang it on the outside, even with small uh, ball head on there. Uh, that's very convenient. So the idea was not to displace other equipment with it. And the name Platypod really says what it's about. It comes from the Greek platy, which is flat, and podos, which is a foot, and it's essentially a flat foot with a sort of a round front that's reminiscent of the uh, duckbill platypus. So, <laughs> hence, platypod. So, Larry, just um, obviously many of our listeners are only listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, for example, right now. And oh, can't they're missing see so your... much. They should go to YouTube and hit subscribe for your wonderful show and uh, bring this <laughs> exactly. out to so many more people. Subscribe and like. Pound that button, guys. Such great advice. You, everybody, you should listen to Larry. He knows what he's talking about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but obviously, pe those people who are, you know, old school and, you know, listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Tommy, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tommy, I know you're in the car. Don't crash, my friend. Be careful. Yeah. Um, can you give us um, a couple of real-world examples where a photographer might use the Plasipod right now, just so they can really picture it in their mind as to where they would, where would they, they would be using it? Okay, I'll, I'll do that verbally first. And if you're interested, I have some beautiful photographs uh, to share, which really illustrate oh, yeah. the power of the Plasipod and the versatility of what it can do. So first of all, for landscape and travel photography, it is unbeatable. I have a friend who was going on a trip to, Pat to Patagonia. So that's a, a mm -hmm. national park. I think it's in southern Chile or on the border of Chile and, and uh, Argentina. And he was going to be, be backpacking through there for five days. And he was going to take a heavy-duty tripod with him. He was bringing a 30-pound, or I guess about 13, 14-kilo pack with him. And uh, I'm sorry, it's over 15 kilos, correct? So uh, mm -hmm. I suggested him, you know what? Take a platypod instead. Leave your tripod legs at home. Take the tripod head that you want to use with you. 
and let's see how you do. He said he took over 600 different images. And in those five days, there were only two times where he missed having a tripod with him. Wow. Now, if you're doing travel photography, you will actually get more use out of a platypod mm -hmm. than you would out of a tripod because there are so many places that do not allow tripod. We use the term the tripod mm -hmm. least. If you try to go into <laughs> a museum in America, it's the Smithsonian Museums is this classic Grand Central Station in New York. Try to go up to the Empire State Buildings. Tripods are not allowed theoretically because they're a tripping hazard. Mm -hmm. And to somewhat they they the the authorities see it as a professional tool. And yeah. if you're a professional, they want you signing up for a commercial license to be doing your shoot. But almost no one, I think in, mm. in the last four or five years, we've heard of maybe two cases where someone was pushed off because of a platypod. Otherwise, the, the guards will come right up to you, say, what's that? What are you doing? Oh, that's cool. All right, go on and leave <laughs> you alone. So for travel, platypod is much more useful than a tripod. And if you're walking about and don't want to take the extra weight and don't want to waste the space, the space this is unbeatable. The place this year that we found to be uh, very, very, uh, where platypods are extremely useful is now in macro product mm. and food photography. Mm -hmm. What we've done is we've added to the platypod family what we call the platypod goosenecks. I'll show you this. And, and for those on audio, uh, imagine just a gooseneck that's used on a lamp that easily bends back and forth. Our gooseneck has a one quarter inch bolt at one end, and it has a one quarter inch socket at the other end. And it also comes with what's known as a cross nut adapter, a male to male one quarter inch bolt, which then will adapt the female end to male. So you can really go any direction you want to. But what's so brilliant about these goosenecks, unlike others that were on the market, is because it's male one end, female the other end, they're stackable. So you can put them together double length. And I say, Larry, what, what can I do with a gooseneck? Well, use your imagination a little bit here. You take <laughs> one gooseneck, put it in one of the screw holes on a platypod. You take a second gooseneck and put it on another one. And then perhaps, well, you know what? I've got something assembled right over here. Let's put that together. Okay. And I've done this on our smaller platypod for those of you who are <laughs> listening. Now you put a small torch light onto one of the goosenecks. I have a light here made by company Lytra, which is now being discontinued. We are, we're actually running a clearance sale on our last Lytra <clears throat> units. We're going to be converting over to a different company called uh, LumaCube. But anyway, you put that on one side. On the second side, I have another accessory that we have that's called the Platypod Mini Super Clamp. And it's essentially a little crab clamp. And it goes from closed with some nice adjustable rubber tips to completely open about an inch and a half. What's that, about five uh, centimeters, six centimeters? Mm -hmm. Okay. And now you can hold all kinds of things with this. You can hold mirrors. You can hold reflecting cards. And in this little example that I have, I have the crab clamp, the super clamp 
holding a white card. I've got the torch bouncing off the white card. Now I've got a reflector card and I can cast light mm. on a miniature object that's beautiful and soft. Now this is just for those of you watching on YouTube, this is on low power, medium power, high power. These torches are extremely, extremely bright. And if we'll show you later, if you'd like in some of the slides, uh, what kind of images you can do with that. So again, the platypod has tremendous versatility. You can use it in so many different uh, situations. Hmm. Uh, it can be used in portraiture. It can be used for lighting. Because the platypod has countersunk screw holes on it, imagine you can now take this, you can screw it onto Dave Williams' van inside, or hmm. you can screw it onto a plank, a wall, a ceiling. It also has strap holding arms and we have several uh, straps that we uh, uh that, that actually one of them comes with this smaller platypod ultra and another one is in our accessory kit and now you can strap this around an object like a tree or a telephone pole mm -hmm. and you yeah. can mount your camera onto that for support I let's say you want to do that. a time lapse mount it up high on a tree where no one will bother it uh, mm -hmm. we've had people put this in the wild with remotes on them a pocket wizard makes a very nice long distance remote i think i have in our picture collection a photo done uh, by scott Bourne of an eagle's nest where he's mm -hmm. just a meter or two away from the nest and he's operating off from a blind and uh shooting pictures of a family of eagles unbothered by a human being in the scene so again with imagination there's lots we can do uh with Show you another thing for lighting. With our accessory uh, kit, we have a um, what's known as a spigot adapter. It's a three-inch long um, stick, I guess, and you can simply mount that onto the platypod. And now you can put on an umbrella adapter on that. You can mount a mono light on this. Let's say you're taking a, a, a photos at a wedding, and you want to backlight the bride's dress with a rim light. You don't want to have to start dragging around um, light stands. You just take this, put a mono light on here, put it on the floor behind the, the bride. You've got a remote uh, on the light and fire away. It's the best way to do background lighting from a, from a ground level and nothing gets lowered down. Uh, you'll see a lot done on low angle photography and nothing gets lower than this because it's five millimeters. Yeah. See, yeah, what, they, what I love about this um, product is that it, it solves so many problems. You know, just, just to give you like a, an example um, as to how, you know, we, uh, we witnessed this being used out in the wild was uh, when, you know, when we were staying out in the, on the prairie, well, in the forest. The prairie. <laughs> with, uh, with Dave, um, we decided to, uh, to hook up uh, a wildlife, like a camera trap, because uh, we wanted to see what wildlife was around our campsite. And so he he just basically strapped one of those, you know, strapped a platypod to a tree, hooked a, a wildlife camera onto it. That was it. Yeah. Um, you know, and likewise, he's got he's got a platypod, um, you know, built into his van, um, which which holds a GoPro, you know, on one of the goosenecks. Um, it's, it's brilliant. You can move it around. You can change the angles. You know, it takes literally seconds to to change just about anything. It's so if you think about it, cameras, camera straps are nice, bags are nice, but how many products are there out there 
which will actually get you to change your perspective, change yeah. your lighting, think differently. Because you all know everybody taking photos from this height, you're going to get the same photo yeah. as everybody yeah. else. <clears throat> but you put it high up on a tree or you put it on the ground, hmm. you're going to get much more interesting photos yeah. that way. So yeah. it gets you to think yeah. Differently, there's a beautiful image behind me. I have this in the slideshow. Also, this was taken by a famous photographer, Rick Salmon. I think Rick Rick has authored oh, about 45 books on photography. Hmm. He was in China and went into this place where this woman was uh, working at a loom, and you know initially took the same photos as everyone else uh, at uh, at eye height, and that said, you know, I'll do something different. And he set his platypod on the floor, under the loom. And there's so much that can be spoken about an image like this as far as the angles mm -hmm. here, the Rembrandt-style lighting on the woman's face, the leading lines going into it. But you could not get that image from anywhere else but underneath that loom. So just yeah. to think differently about mm -hmm. your photography and, and think differently about the views that you're obtaining, mm -hmm. it, it changes everything. And it's very often, it's also such a time saver. Um, one of the things that Nick and me have gotten into throughout the pandemic, really, um, was automotive photography. Because uh, because we weren't really, well, I mean, throughout the lockdowns over here in the UK, we, we couldn't really shoot other people, um, or photograph other people, I should say. And um, and so, you know, we we thought, well, we, we start photographing cars because, you know, because that was okay. And, uh, and so one of the things that, that really used to... Um, drive me crazy was when, you know, we, we basically take low angle shots of cars all of the time, all of the time. And with our existing tripod system, it's just such a hassle. You got to take the center column out, flip it yeah. around, bring the Inverted. thing down, bend the, oh my God. And it takes, it takes forever. And then, you know, if something's not quite right, it just takes forever to change just the smallest little bit, yeah. you know? So I think immediately when I, when I saw the platypod, I kind of thought, well, this would solve Yep. So many of our issues. I mean, this is like a really useful thing. It, it's going in my basket. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Damn straight. <laughs> well, what's cool about it, by the way, also people, you know, we listen to the customers and from our first model mm. to this one, they said to us, well, you know what? Can I, can I put it on my tripod? And I said, why would you want to do that? Because I mm. would never really used it like that. We said, well, just to stow it there. So I said, okay, we'll put a, a three eighth inch hole on mm. there. You can then stow this on your tripod. Now, when you're ready to go shoot ground level, you spin mm -hmm. the entire setup with the ball head on here, the camera on top, and just imagine you take this, you just unwind it, put it down on the ground, yeah. and you don't have to do that center column flip like you would have you know, done in the yeah. past. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing that just strikes me is obviously um, the, the underside is you know flat, metal is there any way to s secure it and what i mean by that is if you're also on a a slippery surface let's say and you just want to make a, a a small small adjustment to the ball head oh, rock. You, i guess you're potentially going to i knew you were going thing. to ask Do you know that what I mean? question i knew you were going to ask that question i'm prepared for, i'm prepared for you <laughs> we've done enough photography shows and we've heard the questions so right. you know it's a cheat i know all right, say you're on rock. Okay, first of all, two problems with rock or concrete. There's some jiggle there. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. Also, it's going to slide right off if there's any angle to it. So both our platypod models come with the same set of four spikes, rather sharp spikes, 
if you don't if they're too sharp for you just take a uh, a file and you can you can file them down but now with the spikes you can put them onto rock or concrete and it will not Look slip yeah. and then you just this is the smaller one, but the same thing happens with the oh, the Platypod Max. It's the spikes are stored right on board on this magnetic holder mm -hmm. that I, sh I had removed before. The Ultra comes with spikes in a little wallet, but they're exactly the same spikes and they are interchangeable. So now you just take a tripod head and you mount it onto this. We have this little be uh, Benro ball head uh, that we like a lot. And now you can just take your camera and this gives you a nice idea of how this is how this is used. Now, when you use you can use three three spikes, and therefore it is truly a tripod. But certain situations you're going to want four. So we've got four over here. I'm just just balancing that. It would be a okay, quadruple. That's nice. Quadruple. And then they can be Quad locked in with these little round nuts that we have on top over here. And then you just take your camera, and I recommend having an Arca. A plate. This is an L bracket, an Arca style L bracket mm -hmm. for quick release. Just mount it on here, and now you're Brilliant. good to uh, good to shoot your images. Uh, we just have come out with our new accessory kit. We just recently revised our accessory kit. We now have the world's first round Arca plate. Ooh. Have you seen this yet? I haven't seen that particular one. Um... Oh. Okay, so this is this is really cool. So mm. now you know if when, usually when you have an Arca plate like this one, uh, you got to get underneath the plate. Let's say to mount it onto your camera. Now mm. this camera has an L bracket array, but it happens to have some quarter inch screws just to demonstrate this. So you got to take this D ring, you fumble around with it, uh, you you try to tighten that. Sometimes you'll need a uh, a coin or an Allen wrench to really get it tight, or if it hurts your fingers a little bit, you can tighten like that, and that's how you would put that on. So I thought that was a little bit awkward. So I was looking to see if there was a round disc that would do that, that you wouldn't have to fumble with everything like that. So now this is just a solid piece, stainless steel core, so it's really nice and strong. Now you just get it through half a thread, spin it on, and it's in place, and this will fit any ARCA-compatible quick-release plate. Now, it's really nice. I use these a lot for, you know, a lot of people are doing iPhone photography now. So this is really great. You can go on any iPhone holder. We have one here from Square Jellyfish that we offer on our website. And same concept. You just spin that in here. Put this on, and now you can mount this on any tripod head that mm. is has an Arca compatible clamp. I just paid off my credit card, so um, <laughs> I'm good to go. There's there's lots of little bits. <laughs> you know what, what I love it's about unreal. what I love about all this. Well, is can that... I can I help your can I help your viewers a little bit? Uh, and we'll maybe we'll mention this at the end of the show as well. Uh, till the end of October, we're offering a special promo code for your followers. Uh, it's going to be, uh, without any spaces, Shake 15, okay? Ray. Shake oh, 15 will so get 15% uh, uh, off all of our main products on, uh, on Platypod. 
and uh, it doesn't fantastic. include the bundles and some of the specialty products like we have some lights from LumaCube and all that, but yeah. it will help for our main products of Platypod Max, our accessory uh, kits and all that. So that might help the credit card uh, a little bit so as well. Kind we should mention it so at much. the end of the show one more time. Can, uh, can I ask, is that open to me and Kay as well? <laughs> Please. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Pretty please. Excellent. Absolutely. We'll get on there straight away. You've been so kind. Oh, Why not? Thank you. And uh, just one thing I just want to mention, just while Larry was demonstrating the spikes uh, for the plate. So those uh, listening on um, Apple right now, Larry actually lifted it up to probably beyond the 45 degree angle. Mm. And it looked rock solid. Yeah. I, I would say it's safe to about 45 degrees. I don't know if I yeah. would go that much. Because then you'll get the weight of the camera Absolutely. at risk of flipping yeah. backwards. So, yeah. You know what I love about all, all, of, all of your um, ideas there is that you've, you've literally looked at a problem and then, you know, you sort of engineered your way out of it. Yeah. Is, that, is that something you've always done? Well, as a physician, I'm a problem solver. That's, my, that's what I do. Hmm. But particularly here, number one, I'm a photographer and anything I invent, I pretty much invent for my own use as well. I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines and I do all kinds of all kinds of photography, you know, including portraiture and and as you said, product photography. So I think about where would I find a need? Where could I make my life easier? And what are things that are really not made elsewhere? I'm not looking to reproduce for example, we're not about to make tripod legs. We can talk about the tripod heads in a few minutes. We're not mm. about to make tripod legs because I don't see much improvement happening on a tripod leg. Uh, but these are these are things that really are not out there. They're unique. Yeah. We have three patents already on our products, and we have three more uh, that are pending. If you can invent tripod legs, that will allow me not to hurt my, the, the skin of my hands every time. Every time I, I take it apart, I put it back together. I'd be, I'd well, be so ergonomics, grateful. Ergonomics are very <laughs> important to me. I mean, everything yeah. that we make has nice, rounded, bullnose, smooth mm. edges. It's not going to cut into your camera bag or, or ruin mm. other equipment. I mean, you could put your iPad right next to this. The back is yeah. silky smooth over here, and it will be fully protected. There's nothing in yeah. here that's going to break uh, something else. And again, that idea will carry forth uh, into the platyball when we get to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But this really is yeah. like the Swiss, the Swiss army knife of, of tripods. I mean, when, if you really think about it, you know, all the different things you could do with it, all the different accessories that you can, that you can use in it, the different uh, scenarios and situations that you can use it in. I mean, you know, it's yeah. mind blowing really. Yeah. I, I Would like you like to run of... quickly through a few, through a few photos? Sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. If it gets boring, please stop me, but I don't think it will. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, so this is our, our family of products. We call it the Platypod Ecosystem. You can go to our website and learn all about that. Samantha Kennedy is a photographer in Long Island. Samantha gets up very early in the morning because she likes to take beautiful images at uh, sunrise. Sunset on the East Coast of the United States is really not worth very much because it goes over where I live in New Jersey, which is really, if you've ever seen New Jersey, we're not that interesting. But <laughs> Samantha, for example, the, the photo on the right shows how dark it really was when she was taking uh, this image. This, she told me the water was absolutely still. This is a 20 second long exposure. Wow. 
yet everything on here is just tack sharp. And she had her platypod and platyball uh, set up. Samantha's been a beta tester for us for the platyball project uh, and uh, just does just does amazing, amazing imagery. Uh, Joe Pellicone likes to, also from Long Island, New York, likes to photograph diners, especially in the evening. And as you know from when you were a child, when you are looking at something from a low angle, everything looks more bold, more beautiful. Mm. So Joe just puts his uh, camera on the ground, on a platypod, and gets these long exposures uh, at night. For wedding photography, Bob Davis is a very well-known instructor. He uh, always speaks at WPPI uh, in uh, Las Vegas, and he's in the Chicago area, uh, very well-accomplished wedding photographer. So he mounted his camera, as you can see on the right, with a pocket wizard remote behind the altar. Now you have this image of everything going on at this wedding ceremony without interfering with the ceremony and having a photographer stand back there. He's just standing off to the side and firing off shots. And since he's using a super wide lens, focused probably where, around where the bride is, everything is in focus in this shot without him having to be up there. Another wedding shot, the very well-known shot from the aisle. Now you don't have to have a tripod sitting in the back of the room for people to trip over. You take this rig, slip it under a chair, Pull it out as the bride is walking down, get your shots and uh, from a perfect angle. Nighttime photography. Hilmar Smith is an ambassador for, uh, for Platypod. If you don't know Hilmar's work, you should definitely look at her website. She does a lot of creative imagery, but also she loves Disney World. She lives about 20 minutes from Disney World and often goes there and is just taking pictures here nighttime of fireworks and just has the platypod you know set on top of a railing and uh can get this you know these beautiful shots deb sandage is a nikon ambassador she took this from her home just had a platypod with a gimbal head set near her uh, back window and got this shot and just see how tack sharp mm. everything mm. is of this bird early bird catching the worms this is yours truly done at the Palisades in uh, upstate New Jersey. And uh, again, just using the platypod with the new platyball, which uh, I was testing out as well to, uh, to get this image. Just showing you, just to talking photographically about the shot, what interested me is the layers, the layers of depth that you have here, the little trees, branches in the front, going into these dark black cliffs, going on to the, uh, to the tree filled cliffs, then into the water, then the other side of the river, then the clouds behind. You have about seven layers of, uh, of imagery here to add to the depth of the image. Eric Kuna, uh, Scott, the famous Scott Kelby, uh, has Eric Kuna as his sidekick on his uh, podcast uh, known as The Grid. It appears weekly. And Eric is known as The Rocket Man. He's actually been contracted by SpaceX, by uh, Elon Musk's group to take images uh, at Cape Canaveral when they have rocket launches. And he was trying to be a little bit lyrical by putting in the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars here <laughs> and putting already. his camera low down on the ground so he could catch the toy in the foreground as well as the uh, real rocket shot in the uh, background. 
Uh, my friend and mentor, uh, Shiv Verma, is a New England photographer and instructor, went on safari. And to have his camera always at hand, he strapped one camera onto each arm. He had this bench all to himself, one camera onto each arm of his safari vehicle and could quickly shift over and get a stable uh, image using long telephoto lenses on safari. This is another image from Shiv. I, I could I could go on and on talking about the, the compositional elements of this image of a wildebeest uh, stampede uh, going across a river, my, wildebeest migration, I should say. This was the photo I was speaking about before from Scott Bourne, and you can see the eagles. And I believe he was less than a meter away from the uh, from the first eagle with a remote, so he's not there to bother the birds. And you could get this basically right in the uh, in the family den or living room uh, of this eagle family. Skip Cohen, my uh, my uh, CMO, my marketing officer, uh, and also former. Uh, president of uh, Hasselblad America uh, was taking this uh, image with a lens ball. And platypod's a great way to catch a lens ball uh, into an image. Platypod, platypod can be used with a, uh, with a gimbal style head, as you saw before from Deb Sandage. Bob Coates used it to get this beautiful, beautiful uh, image of an osprey. And again, there's so, so much we can go on, on and on talking about composition. Uh, if you have questions later, we can talk about this, but you can talk about S-curves, diagonals, foreground, middle ground, background. I mean, you could teach a photography lesson on composition from an image like this. Uh, Adam Rainoff, who is a photographer who likes to go to Costa Rica and, uh, and take images of exotic birds, needs to be, again, well hidden from his subjects on the ground. But rather than trying to balance a camera with a long lens on this on the ground, the uh, platypod allows him to prop it up and easily do his photography. Moose Peterson, same concept. This was done in his backyard. And this over at a beach. And I, oh, American oyster, sea oyster bird or something. I, I'm, Moose would know the names better than I would. <laughs> Scott Kelby likes to do images of churches when he's traveling, just puts the camera on the floor. He tries to be the first in or the last out of the church so that there are uh, almost no people uh, there and uh, can get a, a beautiful shot like this from a very low angle with, with a wide angle lens. And he just did this with a platypod ultra with his camera angled back and, and up. Another image by Scott Kelby. Hilmar Smith, we spoke about before, uh, was demonstrating how you can use a platypod. Now you can't stick a tripod inside a microwave oven to get this uh, view of her son. Uh, and please don't turn on the microwave while the platypod and the camera are in there. <laughs> nor, and the oven should be cool. We have to make these disclaimers. You never know what people are going to try. Uh, but she got these images and she uses her own children as her, as her subjects for these very creative uh, images. Just to demonstrate a waterfall taken with a platypod from a low angle and this waterfall was only six inches high, but taken from a low angle, oh, wow. it looks magnificent. Incredible. Bob Coates, another platypod ambassador, likes to delve into infrared photography. And you can see his setup over here, some other images here. Lizzie Gad, if I don't know if you've ever interviewed Lizzie. 
that night. Not yet. If nice. you haven't, you should get her on the show. Lizzie's amazing. She's a young photographer from the Vancouver area of Canada. And Lizzie does self landscape self-portraiture. So she'll dress up in a lovely dress. She'll set her camera out on an intervalometer, taking an image every two seconds. And then she just walks out into the scene and you get oh, wow. something like that. Unreal. If any, if your viewers have not seen Lizzie's site, look up Lizzie Gad, and she's got a magnificent website, uh, just beautiful images, many of them done just like this. And here's another image of Lizzie. Lizzie is a close friends with Chris Andres. Here, Lizzie was the model for this image where the platypod was just set on the ice, and she just walked out into the scene of this frozen lake. Kelly LaRocks is a London photographer showing how you can do iPhone photography using your platypod to stabilize the image. You can talk about this image, leading lines, throwing motion in the picture. But what gets this picture to work is that the static structures are tack sharp. The people mm -hmm. are moving. So you're implying movement in a still image. Another image from Kelly. Here showing how a platypod can be used for portrait photography. So uh, this uh, is done by a um, famous portrait photographer and a sports fitness photographer, Ian Spanier, where he has his platypod mounted on a rock, uh, shooting images of his model here. And another one here of a, a country western singer. I'm sorry, the name escapes me here. And this is the image I showed you before from Rick Salmon. Our friend Dave Williams. So here, Dave does his own <laughs> does his own version of landscape self-portraiture, where he took a small camera, set it off about 50 meters away, focused it on this outcropping of rocks, then went out into the uh, into the scene, and I think he used a remote to shoot uh, some some pictures of himself. Uh, here, I'm just showing how platypod can be used for lighting. This mm. is actually in my own basement. I took a platypod ultra screwed it into one of the ceiling rafters in the basement. I mounted a Manfrotto variable friction magic arm onto the platypod. And I also put a hook onto it that had a quarter inch uh, threaded end with a security cable, threaded that security cable because you don't want to take a chance with your, with your light, although everything really is very secure here. I put that, I, I mounted that with my old Monolite, very heavy unit, and a beauty dish with a diffusion sock on that beauty dish. I also used a uh, eye light catcher underneath the model, who happens to be my wife in this uh, image. And just to give you an idea, now this image, I have to tell you, came out of the camera in RAW, was converted in Lightroom to JPEG, with absolutely no adjustments whatsoever, no color correction, because I already had uh, I had color adjusted in camera using an old Expo disc. And I believe in using light metering. Uh, I had a Sekonic flash meter that this was metered with. This is exactly the way it came out of the camera, with the only exception being that it was converted to JPEG using this setup. And it's really nice. Fantastic. What's special about this is you can do 
what's known as clamshell or butterfly lighting without having a light stand in the image and without having to use a boom and a heavy counterweight to suspend your beauty dish and your monolight above. Toy photographer Mitchell Wu. Mitchell is a very well-paid uh, toy photographer. He works for, for big companies such as Hasbro and Disney, uh, taking images with action of his toys. He'll put in sparklers. He'll have fire. He'll have firecrackers going off. Uh, here he's using a plumber's <laughs> pressure blaster to blow dust around his subject, which is Kermit the Frog. And there's the kind of image Love that it. he gets. Awesome. I would encourage people to look at Mitchell Wu's uh, YouTube channels. He has some very, very interesting teaching uh, tutorials if you're interested in toy photography. This is one of my images from travel. Just if you're at a nice restaurant and you have some beautiful food, take a picture of it. it you know, it adds to your, to your travel scrapbook to show the food in the places that you uh, that you travel to. And this was just lit off the top of a building with a spotlight coming from the building. I had this set to an f-stop. I think it was 1.8, according to the EXIF data. And I was able to get this beautiful bokeh of the lights in the background to make this just a, a pretty picture. Other food photography set of Valentina Cordero shows a very nice high key image of this pasta salad. Talk about Don Kamarechka. There's another photographer that people should really look into. And I'm going to do Don a little favor here because he really deserves it. If you have not seen this book, gentlemen, I'm going to suggest to you, I think the best place to purchase this is B&H Photo in, in uh, New York because uh, they have a very good price and they will ship anywhere in the world. Don just released this book about two or three months ago called Macro Photography, The Universe at Our Feet. And everyone who is interested in close-up photography, macro photography, he does snowflakes in here, water droplet photography, and shows you all his tricks as to how he gets these magnificent images. This is fluorescent droplet photography. Uh, I, I won't go into much detail, but uh, Don was kind enough to supply us with some uh, beautiful images such as this water droplet hmm. uh, image showing in the droplets this flower that was just placed behind these tiny little sprigs. Don also did some food photography for uh, for us as a favor to me. And I was wondering, what did he do? Did he put a glass spoon in the photo and get these blueberries on the bottom? What did he do here? So I looked at the next picture he sent me, and he had blueberries yeah. underneath the, the shiny spoon, hmm. giving you that beautiful reflection. And this background, which just looks magnificent, is just a bunch of purple cray paper in the hmm. background. He has it lit with flashlights that are mounted on a platypod. And on one side, the diffuser that he used for his flashlight is none other than a paper towel just to break up, break up the light. So again, use your imagination. There is so much you can mm. do and you can just suspend this towel from one of our, uh, one of our super mini clamps. Uh, this was, I, I just took my own attempt at food photography, taking some of my wife's cookies that she had prepared for our grandchildren and lit them showing the very soft light that you could do just with a simple setup like this. So the camera's on a table, close up, I think I used a 35 millimeter lens that was able to go to a, a one to two 
ratio. I have the light reflected off a card as the, as the main light, which is coming from behind the food. And I would encourage you, if you're doing food photography, light from behind, the depth that you will get is amazing. But you may need to kick back a little bit of light into the food. So there, I just took a small acrylic mirror mounted yeah. on a crab yeah. clamp right. uh, attached with a gooseneck onto the same platypod that's holding the camera. And there you have a simple one light setup that just gives you this beautiful soft light and everything is filled in so nicely and you have such nice depth in the uh, picture. Here's another image that Hilmar did showing how you can get into very tight spaces using a platypod. Oh, there's Rick's picture again. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to have a repeat. <laughs> and this fellow, Russell Klimas, does a lot of uh, light painting photography. Here he has his camera on a platypod screwed into his ceiling and or yeah i think it was screwed in you could strap it into something from overhead and then he has a long exposure done in one image he has a flash that's set off either during that image or in a second uh, double exposure and he's dragging a light wand around the uh, model to get this shot and close up with a nice another image from dave williams where he has his platypod strapped onto a railing and gets this lovely shot. I don't know if it was Norway. I don't have the location on here. I'm sure Dave could tell you uh, where that's from. So I hope you enjoyed wow. that little presentation to give you an idea of what we can do. You know, aside from every single one of those images being absolutely incredible, what strikes me is the versatility of the platypod. It is just unreal with its versatility mm -hmm. you know that you know that being said there are you know a handful of the setup shots that we saw there which could easily have been done with a tripod as well but that's not the point here the point here is pure convenience for those shots yeah. and that you man the difference between carrying a tripod around on your back in your bag versus taking a platypod or the uh, the ultra or the max is just yeah. man I, I can't describe how how convenient that is you know especially also you know to see it in the context of macro photography for example yeah um i've seen uh don Konrachka's work before and it's it's always baffled me as to mm -hmm. how he how he does what he does it's just absolutely mind-blowing and i've come across the the book that you mentioned before as well uh, you know i just highly recommend uh for people to to pick that up we will uh, we'll put in the description as well um, that's one phenomenal book. Hey, it's my birthday coming up in a in a month. It is as well. They're saying you don't want anything Star Wars related. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I would like um, a platypod, <laughs> platypod, and that book, please. <laughs> All right then. Well, we actually we have Eric Kuna on the show in, in a week or so, mm. um, so that should be interesting. Oh, good. Yeah, so we'll, enjoy. we'll talk to him about uh, about that as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely have fantastic. Him bring, have him bring a bunch of photos too, because his images yeah. are just amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and it's it's, inter it's just interesting to have a you know a rocket photographer on the show uh, as well. That's just you know something I never thought I'd say. No. <laughs> you know? no. no. Um, well, he does. So, what he does is so different. I mean, some of his close-up images where you actually see the fumes coming out of the uh, out of the bottom of the rocket, looking almost like glass. I mean, there's there's so much art. In, in the images that he does. Yeah. 
in views that I, and I've been following the American space program since I was a child. I'd never mm. seen images like that before. So yeah, Eric, Eric is extremely creative in what I he saw does. him talk about one of his images or, or some of his, several of his images. I think, I believe it was, it's probably on the grid. I, I can't be sure, right? Um, I remember one image, um, it was basically, you'd see, you'd see a whole lot of smoke and um, some of the afterburner and some clouds, and they were all lit in different colors. And he could pinpoint exactly, you know, he, he went like, well, this part, that's nautical twilight. And this one is just regular twilight. And you could go, whoa, okay, my mind's already blown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's become amazing. quite the expert. Listen, you, he's been doing this for several years now. And, you know, mm -hmm. you start... You, I'm sure you have a lot of uh, beginners and amateurs in the audience sure. as well as seasoned uh, season professionals. And, you know, when you begin, you don't really know everything about the subject. But look at what other people are doing. Learn the techniques and practice, practice, practice. And you're going to come out taking some beautiful images. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now... There's another product that uh, also blew both of our minds, actually, when we got our hands on, on that, yeah. onto that for the first time, and that's the Planet Ball. Now, that's a tripod head. Like, I have never seen a tripod head before. Do you know what made me most laugh is when Dave showed it to us and goes, can you, can you see what's different about it? And we both just stumped for a little while. And then he, t and he told us, and he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the, give us a, give us a description of what, what the platypus is. Okay, because so, let's, a... so let's talk about it. I, I find the best way to discuss this is to answer the yeah. question, why did the world need a new tripod head? What mm. was wrong with all the other hundreds of tripod heads, which are practically all the same? Why not just leave well enough alone? So I saw several issues. So let me, let me take a tripod with a tripod head and just illustrate the problems and then how we went about solving those issues. Um, I'm going to go to a wider angle here so that everyone can see nicely. All right, can you see that? Yeah, yeah. perfect. Okay. So what I've done here is I've set up a tripod intentionally angled off-axis. So you can see the center stem is off-axis. But I've leveled the head. Now let's put a hefty camera and lens on here. And this, by the way, is a very fine tripod head. This tripod head from Really Right Stuff runs about $500 uh, in the United States. I can't imagine what it costs uh, in, in uh, Europe, but very fine head. I will not say one bad thing about it, but there are issues that are inherent to almost any tripod head. So let's attach a camera on here. Okay. Would you gentlemen agree that this is basically leveled? Pretty much. Yeah, it like, okay. yeah. So the issue here is, okay, now you've got your tripod level and you're panning back and forth in the scene, or maybe you're doing a panoramic uh, image. Let me get here where I can see everyone. Okay, maybe you're doing a panoramic image. Now you go to pan and what happens? Everything goes off axis. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if the tripod level, if the tripod legs are not perfectly leveled, and again, here it is exaggerated, but it is an issue, even if it is a little bit off level, when you go to pan, you're going to be panning at an angle because the panning head is at the bottom of the ball head. That's problem number one. Problem number two, let's put this down here. 
Problem number two is when you are looking to manage the controls. Now, this one's a little bit easier than some tripod heads, but I've got here three knobs. Okay, the master knob's easy enough to find, but which one controls the tension? Which one controls the panning? You end up fumbling, and on most tripod heads, all three knobs are just about the same size, so you don't know which way, which way you're going with that. The other issue with having these protruding knobs is when you go to pack this in your camera bag, you're going to end up possibly cracking another piece of equipment, such as, such as a flash or strobe uh, or any, any plastic uh, object that's inside. So the protruding knobs are another issue. One more issue over here, and that is trying to get this level. If you notice, the level, the bubble level over here is right on top. Now, that is almost always obscured by your camera. <laughs> or if it's this way, by almost this way. Always you need to be able to look straight on top over <laughs> here. So it's almost always obscured like that. Or you cannot see it at nighttime. Or your tripod is way up and you cannot be able to look straight down. Mm -hmm. So these bubble levels are usually useless. Mm -hmm. So we've taken all of these different issues and tried to solve it with one solution. So enter the Platable. We have two models. One is called Ergo and one's called Elite. For simplicity, we'll start with Ergo and then we'll just show what happens with Elite. So first of all, you'll notice that we have gotten rid of all knobs. This is operated by, with buttons and with rotating levers here. So let's show you how this works. First of all, it has the same three-quarter, three-eighth inch socket as every tripod head. And this is lined with stainless steel so that it goes on. You just have to get it to catch the threading, and then it just spins right on very, very easily, okay? To loosen the ball head, you pump the bottom button. To tighten the ball head, you pump the upper button. Can everyone see that? Mm -hmm. And then you get it to a tension where you can move it a little bit, but, not, but it won't just fall over. I'm just going to take off the ARCA disc from there, okay? And then we now attach our camera. Now, the ARCA compatible, our ARCA compatible clamp on top is operated with this rotating collar with a safety button on it. And if everybody wants to know how that works, just go to platyball.com and we have some instructional videos that show you exactly how to use that. And please, if anyone here has ordered one, is going to be getting them in the next few months, uh, please do view those teaching videos. This is very, very different from anything you've used before. So you put on your camera, you tighten it up, and now let's do the same experiment. I think we'll agree this is fairly level. Now, when I go to pan, I'm panning level. Right. And this tripod is also very far, very far off axis. Now, if I want to get it super tight, then I squeeze really hard, and this will hold. We've got this rated to 22 pounds, which means, because there are no standards I, th I think you, you might agree to this. There are no mm. standards in the industry for how to, how to rate ball heads. The way we rate it is by mounting the tripod head 
horizontal to the ground. And then we hang a heavy object off of this collar. We were able to hang about 40 pounds off of it without it moving. Wow. If you look at it in different ways and press on your camera, you may say, Larry, you were wrong on that. But this is the way that we rated it. And we find it's able to handle heavy duty uh, equipment like this. So now the way that I like to use this is I get this to attention where I can just move it a little bit, Here, let's do it a little more, move it a little bit, but it still holds position. And this way, I really don't even have to play with the buttons once I'm shooting. I just position it where I want and it stays. To lock the panning head, you just simply turn this knob over here. So we've solved the issue of having knobs that are protruding. We've solved the issue of having panning where you have to level your tripod legs first. Here, you totally don't have to level the tripod legs at all. You just have to level the top. And if you either are leveling just by you know, using your eye to look through the viewfinder, or you have a level in the back of your camera on the, uh, on the monitor, then you're good to go with that. In some situations, the monitor is not that visible or you lose the ability on some of the cameras to do focusing while you have your level showing. So we have another model of Platyball and I'm going to go to a different view so that we can demonstrate that. And that is the Platyball Elite. Give me one moment here. One thing that's probably worth yep. mentioning for those who can't see the video right now is that the reason that that panning works is because the ball head, the ball part of the head, is the other way around to every other ball head um, uh, mount out there, right? And if right. you just need to kind of picture that in your mind for a second to understand why that works and then also ask yourself the question, why the hell hasn't anyone done this before? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't say it's never been done before, but there are very few models that have yeah. this, what we call the upside down design, which I think had they done it properly, it would have been the right side up design and everybody <laughs> else would have been upside down. <laughs> so Platyball Elite, Platyball Elite. And if I could describe this for your viewers on audio, you're missing something magnificent. That is the beautiful red color of this. We call this Hilmar Smith Red because it was inspired <laughs> by an ad that Hilmar Smith once made for us. And uh, it's, it's right. It's a gorgeous <laughs> gentleman. We, we were at a photography show and we had the, the ergo and the elite lined up next to each other. And we, what we found was that, <laughs> that women came by and they would look and go, Oh, that's nice. The men would come by and they would want to hold it and touch it and everything it was a very, very odd, uh, very odd phenomenon that we, that we but it's a, it's a very, it's a very sexy red color here uh, with a, with a um, automotive, we use an automotive style paint, which really feels very good in the hand. And I have, I'm happy to say we have not had any issues with it shipping. It does ship together with a neoprene jacket uh, that will, uh, that will enclose this and it just hangs off to the side. Sorry, I don't have that right now on the table, but it will, that, that is packed together uh, in the box with it. So what's different about the Elite? Well, all the mechanicals are exactly the same, but we added on a small electronic module to the back, which is detached internally from the rest of it. So this is not an electrical ball head. This is a mechanical ball head. And if a battery fails in the, uh, in the leveling device, the rest of it will still work. But look what happens here. 
And I think you can see that on the monitor now. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to turn this on. And now you have the world's first LED indicator for leveling. And all you really need to do, let me put this on a platypod so it's a little easier. Okay. All you really need to do is just move it left, right, up, down until you get all four arrows lit up. And now it is level. Sorry, the table is shaking a little bit, but that is now perfectly level. It's also calibratable so that you can press this button on the right for six seconds and you can get it to calibrate to another bubble level or your camera, whatever you like. You hold it for 20, 20 I'm sorry, 12 seconds and it will reset to, to factory calibration. It has three brightness levels. This is very bright. You have no problem seeing this in sunlight. We have over 30 very bright LEDs that are built into here. And it goes very dim for nighttime use. And medium level, which is where I recommend it. The battery is very easy to use. You don't have to keep it plugged in. This is not rechargeable. It doesn't really need to be. It, it has this little battery known as an A23 uh, type battery. Can, can you see that there? And these are used commonly here for garage door openers and remotes. Uh, I buy them in bulk for about 50 cents a piece. Uh, you can get them in a uh, hardware store or even some of the drug stores, uh, pharmacies for, uh, for about a dollar or two. I would keep one spare one on hand. But these in my hands have lasted me several months at a time. If you're using them very, very intensely, it might be a week or two. So always carry a spare one with you. But the nice thing about this is you can see it from any angle and it also changes orientation in six different directions. So if you run it upside down or flat or overhead, it will still work because it changes internally, changes its orientation once you get past about 45 degrees or so. I'm happy to say we're starting to ship these to our very early uh, Kickstarter backers in um, late October. They are in full production right now. We expect our first uh, 500 or so units before the end of October, and those will ship out to those who uh, signed up for our first 24-hour uh, backer uh, deal. And then there will be another batch that's going to come in December. And we hope to have all of our over 2,000 crowdfunding backers, all those orders fulfilled uh, by February or, or March, the very, uh, very latest. We will start taking pre-orders from those who would wish to purchase sometime in January. And if you want to be notified of when that happens, because I don't know how, uh, how, how soon we'll run out of stock. And right now there's issues with production in the Far East. So uh, I would encourage anyone who wants to do this and has not backed us on the crowdfunding program to please Go to our website now at platypod.com. When you sign on to the website, you will be offered to sign up for our monthly newsletter. We don't send out a lot of emails. It's really once a month, a very informative newsletter that will show the work of three different photographers. But that's where, through our email, that's where you'll be notified, number one, when this is released. And we're also planning, top secret, <laughs> um, uh, doing another Kickstarter for another product uh, early next year. 
So uh, that's where you'll hear about it, too. So please sign up for our newsletter. We have over 10,000 people who have done so and I think are very pleased with the information that they receive for, from that newsletter. I think, you know, when you combine the platypus, a uh, platypus, um, <laughs> the platypus, I'm just thinking of the animal all the time. <laughs> when you when you, uh, you know, when you combine the, the combine the platypus with uh, with the platyball, then you really have like this really incredibly flexible yeah. system that'll you know allow you to be incredibly creative with that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's you know that's nice. I wanted to ask you, Larry. Um, yeah. How what is the process like from from having the idea to actually having the final you know, product in your hands. That's, that to me seems like really quite a complicated process. So it's an excellent, it's an excellent question. And if you have any entrepreneurs out there who are interested in this, uh, number one, it depends as far as timing is concerned, it depends on the product, something like the gooseneck. I, I saw other goosenecks on the market that were mail to mail. I purchased some and I said, something's wrong with this because you cannot stack them uh, to each other. And they were rather expensive too. We have a much better price on this than, than a single mail-to-mail uh, gooseneck. So these were simple. Um, I arranged with my, uh, with my manufacturer. He purchased some the materials necessary. We do machine the ends of these ourselves and uh, style them ourselves. And these were easy to do. In a matter of a few months, I was able to do a gooseneck. Platypod is also mechanically rather simple, although I would say it takes, for a little one like this, it takes about 15 minutes in a computerized milling machine to produce just the shape for one of these. Mm. And then the uh, bolt has mm. to be placed in welded, polished. I've actually visited the factory. And then it's anodized, very, very carefully made. People have said, oh, it's a piece of metal with a bolt in it. It's a lot more than that. And there's a lot of work that goes into this and quality uh, control. And when you get this in your hands, you'll understand uh, you know, why, this is, why this is so special. So this could take about nine months or so to produce something like this. Mm-hmm. Platyball is a totally different project. And this, I would say, has been a labor of love for almost five years. Wow. I have had uh, mechanical engineers, industrial designers, electrical engineers involved. This is a much, much greater undertaking because we make everything. Every part in here is made specifically for Platyball and there's about 80 or 90 parts in here, very solidly built. This is not a toy. You get this in your hands. I think you gentlemen have probably picked it up when Dave was Mm -hmm. uh, testing it for us. And the other thing that we've done, which I think is so important and and I wonder how many companies are doing this. I'm less concerned about non-disclosure agreements than I am about quality of the product. And so we have sent our products out to many top, top name photographers and taken their advice and taken their input. We've had over 35 to 40 beta testers. Again, top level people like Scott Kelby, like Rick Salmon and others take this into the field, try it out, give us their feedback. They found problems and we dealt with problems and issues and they have been corrected. And I think what is going out in the very first shipment is really a top quality, amazing, heavy duty product. 
How many pre-production versions have there actually been? You know, once you feedback in, create a new version, okay. so to speak, and, and that, so on. That's a good question and a very sore question. <laughs> because <laughs> when we set, first of all, the, we've had three Kickstarter uh, programs so far. One for the Platypod Max, one for Platypod Ultra and our accessory kit, and another program now for the Platyball. On the first two programs, I prided myself in that we not, we not only delivered on time, we delivered early. And that's pretty rare uh, when it comes to Kickstarter. Platyball was, has been delayed almost a year. And the reason for that is we set a goal of having this good for 10 kilos. Again, 10 kilos or 22 pounds held off, held off sideways like this so it wouldn't move. When we had our first prototypes, we were able only to handle about five to seven kilos. And my engineer reassured me that he thought he could change some angles of some wedges and that we would be able to go when we moved ahead, fully thinking that we would be able to release this even early. And one day he called me and he said, Larry, I could keep tweaking this and changing this until I, I get it to where you want it, but it could go through several iterations. I have, a different I have a different design going from a horizontal worm gear to a vertical set of gears. And he said, my calculations are that we could get three to four times greater force by wow. using that next design. Hmm. That set us back a good nine to 10 months. And then the pandemic has set us back a few more months because there was one point that where the factory in Taiwan was nearly shut down because of COVID-19 uh, within the within the factory. So uh, we've you know we've had a series of issues going on. Our next our next time that we do a Kickstarter, we're going to have things already in production before we go to Kickstarter, and that will come out uh, on time. So we're about a year delayed on this. It was a lot of embarrassment. I had a lot of uh, of uh, excuses to answer to 100% honest, but we have now a product which is absolutely superb. And I think the world will be very happy with what they see next year when this comes out. And again, I expect it to be in uh, retail sometime in March of 2022. Oh, that's amazing. You know, and I know you say there's, you know, excuses to answer to and, you know, embarrassment and that, but I, I, I don't see it that way at all and uh, i think people ex you know uh, they've backed it to begin with because they believe in the product and and yourself and i i think people ha expect delays with things like this because you're telling them right this okay it's going to be a bit of a delay but the reason is this and the reason is it's going to be this much better better I yes. think people are okay with that. Just about any photographer, you know, will attest to that. There's so many pieces of equipment that we purchase over our photographic, you know, life, basically, where we think like, oh man, this is only like, I bought this like a month ago and it's broken already, or, yeah. you know, this thing yeah. like isn't working or, you know, or the quality on that isn't, isn't up to scratch. And it's really good to, uh, you know, to, to talk to somebody who really puts all that care and attention into the quality of you know, what they produce. It's when was the last time you heard of someone creating a product with every aspect of it from basically from scratch? Mm. That doesn't happen. That's very, very rare. Yeah. You know, it's why you see every, take the bullhead as an example, why every other bullhead out there, you know, that looks very familiar. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's all the same stuff. Yeah. A lot of it is anyway. And I, I love that. It's been taken from, from the start. You know, I mean, the, the thing about tripod heads tripod in general is, you know, I had to, like my, my <laughs> studio head that I use, um, you know, predominantly for portraiture, I, I spent about three months learning how to use the damn thing. <laughs> I, I still and can't still remember are, which one does what. Yeah, there's so many levers and like turn <laughs> turn levers. That it's, I yeah. still get it wrong. That's uh, yeah. Are you guys stuff? interested in one, one, more, one more short demonstration of something that we're just uh, starting Absolutely. to work with? Uh, if, you, if you'd like to see this, I'll be happy to, uh, to share it with you. Absolutely. Is that okay? That's not, is that an iPhone there? All right. This is a product by LumaCube that we've just partnered with called the LumaCube Panel Pro. And let's set this down over here. I'm going to mount this on a platypod so that you can see. And it's a LED light panel, but what's really cool about it is it will do full RGB color. So if you want to use it for background lights okay let's there's the panel and here is my iphone with the luma cube app on it they also have little cube lights uh, which are not yet available on our website but as soon as we are done with uh, our clearance sale of the Lytra lights uh, we will be offering these these are on their way in so now i can turn on my light right from here see that pretty bright <laughs> let's take it down a little notch and i can make it red or blue or green or any color in between and it so easily mounts on a platypod so now for again for product toy food photography and even for vlogging and video work this is a superb little light, and it gives a very nice diffuse light. It also comes with a panel diffuser on there, so if you want to go a little bit softer. And from the very same app, I can run these little cube lights as well and regulate their brightness as well. So real bright. And these have a little filter holder, so I can snap on a diffuser onto that. It's magnetic. Or if I want to make these lights, which are not color adjustable, but let's say I want to warm up this light to a tungsten level, comes with a little tungsten filter as well to make it a little bit, little bit warmer as opposed to uh, that. So that's just a little thing I thought I would show you. This is upcoming. Within the next uh, few weeks, these should be available on the platypod website i like good products from other companies as well that go very nicely yeah. with our products so larry i use um uh similar lights like that made by aperture um yeah you know, aperture tiny, also makes a very fine very fine group of lights very very you know they're very very small they're, they're, they're actually too small probably i'd like them a little bit bigger which this panel is and so one of the big, so, so they're very similar in that respect. But one thing I wanted to ask is what the battery life was like on that panel. Because I get frustrated so with my aperture goes, ones, uh, if I'm five, honest. Be between, I think, 1% and 90%. I'll show you the back of the panel so you can see. Okay. And 
I think at 90%, it reads at uh, 100%, it's reading one hour, six minutes. It shows you the life. And if I drop that down to 90, I think it's going to, in another minute or so, it'll say about two hours. So you, you, you've got oh, a pretty wow. decent life. But you yep. can also, and I often do this, you can also plug it into a uh, USB-C port mm -hmm. right here. And uh, right. it'll go for hours and hours and hours if you have it Fantastic. plugged in. So sometimes I'll have a separate battery pack if I'm really going to be doing a long product shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know what I hate about those the the aperture ones is that the battery all after just a handful of uses doesn't fully charge anymore. Oh really? Okay. That's shocking, isn't it? No, these have been these have been very good. I've been using it for a while. And this to to give you an idea of the size of this, it's about the same size as my iPhone. Yeah, they're they're really good size. Mm -hmm. That they're they're a more practical size for me than the the small the small aperture ones, which are probably half half the size of that you know i saw the uh, lumacube um stand at the photography, oh, the photography show, show yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so we've just uh, we've just come back from the photography show in birmingham uh, which is the, the, oh, the good. Biggest, biggest trade show over here in the uk how and, many people uh, showed up at the show considering considering uh, coronavirus and all that well so in comparison so this this was the first time in two and a half years that the show was back you know live yes. face to face mm. And so um, overall, it was a little bit smaller. So some of some of the big manufacturers uh, weren't there. I, although that being said, you know, of course, all the, the big brands were there, uh, with the exception of, of Panasonic. Panasonic. That was a, the, probably the biggest surprise. But everybody else was there. Sony was there. You know, Canon, of course, Nikon, um, Olympus, you know, Fuji, um, and loads of other loads of other uh, manufacturers. And so it was probably um, it was a little bit smaller. And in terms of footfall, it was probably, you know, I mean, in previous years, it was pretty much shoulder to shoulder. Um, so it, it wasn't quite as busy. But that being said, it was probably one of the best shows I've ever experienced. And for the simple reason that because it wasn't totally packed out, uh, people just have more time to talk to one another. It was nice. Mm -hmm. And the atmosphere was brilliant. It was... Um, you know, everybody was, I think everybody was so happy to finally be back, you know, face to face. It was so friendly. Um, you know, we had some great experiences. We had the chance to speak to lots of manufacturers and they gave us a lot of time. Um, we met a lot of friends um, that we hadn't seen in, in a number of years, at least in, in real life, you know. Um, and that was a great, you know, we uh, we met a lot of our previous guests um, who were there um, and, and, you know, we were able to uh, to, to meet them face-to-face -face for the first time rather than just talking to them, you know, via, via a screen. Excellent. So, I have to really consider possibly coming next year if, uh, if possible. We weren't able to make it for this year, but it uh, would be a consideration. That'd be amazing. I've heard yeah, so, I mean, I think, about the show. I think the, but, uh, uh, you know, the indicators are, that. I mean, I, I would guess that by next year it'll be back in its full glory. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just such a great atmosphere. Yeah. Um, overall. I'd, I'd love for them to run the show over more days. You know, that that brings its own problems in itself, but limit the number of people that could attend on a <laughs> given day. Well, it was, that's that. That, uh, I don't want to be shoulder to shoulder. It puts me off going no, if I you mean, can't actually get to speak to the manufacturers and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. from, you know, from, um, you know, what, what people have been telling us really in previous years, and it would have been like, you know, especially at the big stands, like at, let's say, you know, Canon, for example, or Nikon, mm. you know, whenever they have a, like Canon had the new R3 out, for instance, which of course was a big draw. 
Um, and you know, if you imagine if you if you you know if you stand like ten people deep in order to to you know get your hands onto uh, a new product or to talk to it's somebody no at the stand, then that's you know that could be a little bit off putting. But it wasn't like that this year. Um, I was actually surprised that it was as busy as it was because because you just didn't know you know with, especially mm -hmm. over here in the UK, um, you know with with COVID and everything, um, it could have it could have been could have been empty, but it really wasn't. It was it was good and busy. Um, like I said, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was such a great way um, to connect with people and to network and you know to uh, um, and to you know to see people and talk to people in the flash. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, by the way, if uh, anyone uh, in uh, England uh, who's within within reach would like to see the Platypod equipment uh, up, you know, up close. Uh, our exclusive dealer right now is in Leeds, and that's Dale Photographic in Leeds. Uh, we've been in very good contact for several years now with Stephen and Paul Ridsdale uh, that uh, run the shop. Nice family operation, and they will spend time with you. They'll show you the equipment. You can look at it, and that's a place where you can uh, you can purchase it, you know, immediately. Right now, you could order from us. There, you know, shipping can take a while, especially in COVID times. Very hard to predict uh, when things ship mm -hmm. out, but that is a way that someone could directly uh, purchase in Great Britain uh, is oh, through Dale Photographic. I uh, know that we have listeners in the Leeds area. Yeah. So remember, if you are in the Leeds area, you know, go and hit. Um, just uh, remind me of the name, Dale's Photographic. Dale Photographic in Leeds. And uh, please say hi to Stephen or Paul uh, Ridsdale uh, for me and uh, tell, them, tell them where you heard about them for the, uh, for the pod, from the podcast, the Camera Excellent. Shake podcast. <laughs> and again, please remember that we have a promo code until the end of October 2021, uh, which is SHAKE15, S-H-A-K-E, no space, 1-5. And uh, it does. Uh, I don't think it matters whether you're uppercase or lowercase. Uh, either way, you should be able to uh, get that promo code. Larry, it was an absolute education yes, was. having you on the show. And of course, I just like to remind people that you know we, the Camera Shake podcast is in no way sponsored by by uh, by Platypot. Um, although you know we can always talk about that, of course. <laughs> 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 but you know, we, one day, you know, gentlemen, when we one first. Day. <laughs> when when we first um you know when we first saw the platypot and the platyball um you know when we were filming Dave's episode uh, we were really so struck by how ingenious both of those products were Absolutely. that uh you know we thought we've you know we have got to get you on the show and uh, tell us more about those things because you know from a from a professional photographer's point of view um these are products that that will make your life easier if you're out there um you know, shooting and, uh, you know, and carrying, carrying equipment around. Uh, these, these are products that will really make a difference. And I think that's, that's an important thing. Um, so Larry, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank Let you me ask so you, much. do you have a lot of viewers in, in Europe as well? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we find that, that our, uh, our viewership uh, is, it's actually, I mean, I'd say it's, it's probably about 50, 50 between the United States and, uh, and the UK and greater okay. Europe, if you want to call that. So, yeah. Okay. Cause we are also available in uh, uh, Germany, but they ship throughout the, uh, um, the, uh, EU, uh, enjoyyourcamera.com also, uh, has our, how our equipment and again, available for more quick, uh, shipping. 
uh, if you go if you're in Europe and you want to go through that. Awesome. Fantastic. We do we do have viewers in Germany. <laughs> we have, you know, one of the one of the funnest things uh, for us is is on the audio version of our po podcast. Uh, in you know, in the like uh, the yeah, analytics, the, the analytics part. There's a world map, and so we can see where where people are listening to the show. Um, and it's uh, you know that's one of the greatest joys for us always is to to mm -hmm. see where you know when we have somebody new pop up in a particular place where we know we haven't had any listeners before. It's always great. So um, so that's. You know, so I know I know that somebody in Berlin is listening. I know that somebody in um, in Augsburg, I believe, is listening because I saw that oh, pop up on the tell map. All, tell all your friends then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, if that is, if you are listening to the show uh, anywhere in Germany, then you know, get in touch with us. It'd be fantastic to hear from you and uh, see. You know. Well, truthfully, it's it's really I'm so I'm so happy and pleased to be able to to be here because uh, today, with the disappearance of most photographic magazines in the United States, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is so hard to get the word out about a new product. So having podcasters as your as yourselves help spread the word about new and interesting products, I think helps, uh, especially small companies like ours, to uh, mm -hmm. to really uh, to really let people know and be informed about what we can do to offer you to enhance your own photo photographic capabilities. I mean, this you know. Yeah. Both, I mean, especially, you know, the, the Platypod, for example, is such a, you know, such a great product for us. I mean, I could, you know, I can immediately so many, uh, I can see so many different ways that it will make my mm -hmm. life easier. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure that once we, once we get our hands on, um, on one, then we'll, we will demonstrate uh, the different ways that we'll be using it. Um, and we'll be putting it through spaces for sure. Fancy a drive to Leeds tomorrow? <laughs> I wish I could. Huh? <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, such as when your tripod just, you know, doesn't work right before the show. You know, you'll have... Yes, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very good example. <laughs> oh. That actually... Shh. People shouldn't know that. <laughs> but, but that did happen. That <laughs> did happen. Yeah. 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 Didn't we'll, say we'll anything. Name yeah. the brand. <laughs> yeah. It's Italian. It's Italian. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Italian, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for having me on the show. It was really such a pleasure and an honor to be here and I hope that uh, your audience will uh, have enjoyed the presentation, uh, not just being an infomercial, but really showing you some new ideas of things that you can do in your own photography. Okay, thank you yeah, so much. Thank you, Larry. So this is it. We have come to the end of Camera Shake Podcast, episode 76 with Larry Chiefenbrunn as our special guest. Again, Larry, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, again, be reminded that if you well, are listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, you can see our lovely faces in full Technicolor over on YouTube. In actual fact, uh, with this episode in particular, um, make sure you head over to YouTube uh, where you can see both the Platypod and the Platyball in their full glory. Uh, it really, really makes a difference. Um, Although I would be amazed if you got to the end of the audio version of this episode and not gone to YouTube <laughs> to check these products out. Absolutely. You haven't. Tommy. Um, you <laughs> if you are listening to this in the car, Tommy, then uh, you know, make sure you head over to YouTube, but not whilst you're driving. That's not a good idea. Cool. Um, finally, let me just tell you that uh, you can join the Camera Shake community. All you got to do is go over to camerashakepodcast.com, uh, hit the little join the community button, and uh, we will, of course, love you forever, uh, and we won't bombard you with loads of um, newsletters and so forth. But you know, if there's something new and exciting coming out uh, for some behind the scenes uh, and the like, then uh, make sure you hit that up. Now, that being said, that was episode 76. We shall see you again next Thursday. <laughs>